continue our study in the book of 2 Peter and those Christian graces that we read about and, and the things that we read to help us mature more as a Christian. And um, if you've been keeping up, oh, I'll go ahead and read this before I, before I speak on that. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, we, we've been you know, very familiar with, we've been doing it every week. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and virtue knowledge, and the knowledge temperance, and the temperance patience, and the patience godliness, and the godliness brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. And so this morning, we're looking at the word patience, but as Ben had read for us earlier, he read for us verse 19 of James chapter 1, but I'm going to go ahead and, and bring back to light verse 18 of chapter 1. Of his own will begot he us, with how did he begot us? How did he how did he bring us to God? How how did how was it that we were born again into God? It, it all started with the word truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to sleep, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. When you think about when you read the lineage of Jesus, and then and you read in this man begot this man, and this man begot this man, and this man begot. And so God begot us. And as Jesus was born of a woman, we were born of the baptism waters. And so it's through the word and baptism. Uh, many times, it, uh, you know, if we go over uh, in John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus says, I tell you, except you be born of water and of the Spirit. That's the teachings of the Spirit. So that's what we're seeing here. You're begotten by the word, the teachings of the spirit, and then you were born of that water. But notice that we are to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And so how can we have that self-control or temperance that we talked about last week? Well, it's through patience. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read quickly. I didn't put it in my slides. James chapter 1 I'm going to start with uh, verse 2. My brethren, count in all joys when you fall into divers temptations. That's various trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That's maturity. Completeness. That you may be perfect or complete in, in entire wanting nothing. We live in a world today where we want everything now. Think about the word fast food. But yet we are we don't want to be inconvenienced and go stand in the line. We want to instead sit in our cars and gripe how long it's taking us to get our fast food. Amazon. The convenience of Amazon. But we don't even want to wait the two or three days that it takes if we want it now. We live in a world that they want instant gratification. With Christianity, to have this true joy that James is talking about, it's going to take patience. Patience. 
Let's look up the Greek word there of that word patience and see what it means. It means cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constancy, uh, enduring, patient, patient continuance or waiting. Well, when we're dealing with false doctrine or false teachers, the goal is to what? Is to convert them towards or back to the truth. That's that hopeful endurance. And as we, we see that Paul, we're going to see Paul's maturity grow this morning when he was out teaching the word of God. Now, I'm not going to say when he didn't have patience that he was wrong. Because the Lord produced miracles, as we'll see in the first instant, that verified what Paul was doing was right. But he didn't have much patience. Whether he was doing right or wrong, he didn't have much patience. And I, I hope that I can make that uh, <coughs> come to fruition this morning. I can, I can bear it out. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, now this is the sower of a seed. But that on the good ground are they which in a, with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit. How are you going to bring forth fruit? With patience. How are you going to convert the lost? With patience. How are you going to have converts or fruit? It's with patience. The church in Ephesus, when uh, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, uh, Jesus is speaking, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. But the Lord commended them on their patience, and with them dealing with those that were false prophets, apostles, teachers finding that the things that they were speaking were not true, that they were liars, and that they couldn't bear them because that was evil. God, uh, the Lord, commended them on their patience in dealing with false teachers. And as I said, we're going to look at the patience of Paul. We see a lack of patience before his conversion. Before his conversion to Christ. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, and Saul was consenting unto his death. That's talking about Stephen from the previous chapter, chapter 7. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And so there was that great persecution against the church. Well, Paul was heading up that persecution against the church. He was consenting on that. He was bringing it to the front lines. What did he lack? The things that he was there, I, let me not get ahead of myself, as James 1.19 says, it says, let us be swift to hear, quick to listen. Now when he was on his way to Damascus, he was quick to listen. The message was being preached, though, on the day that Stephen was stoned. The day that Paul was there. Notice in Acts chapter 7 verse 57. What did the crowd do? Then they cried out with a loud voice. And stopped their ears. They didn't want to hear it anymore. They weren't listening. And ran upon him. That would be Stephen with one accord. Paul could have been converted. A long time. Before all these Christians were converted. But he wasn't quick to listen. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, 
And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went on to the high priest. He wasn't patient. Give me these letters now. And desired him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, that would be Christianity, the faith, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound onto Jerusalem. Well, it was more than just imprisonment. That word slaughter is key there. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, when Paul's writing to the churches in Galatia, he says, For you have heard of my conversation or my manner of life in time past, in what? In the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation. And so he was he was profiting. Of, of his peers because of why? Because he was being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father. Remember last week I spoke that we have to be careful not to let our zeal become anger. Well Paul's zeal is exactly what, what that caused him to be towards the church. His zeal of what he thought was right even though it was wrong caused him to be very anger, extreme anger against the church. In Acts 26, verse 11, when Paul's retelling of his conversion, <coughs> and I punished him often in every synagogue. Well, we already know he had those letters. And compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even on the strange cities. Again, he wasn't, he wasn't quick to hear slow to anger and slow to speak. How mad was he? In Acts 22, verse 4, another time when he was telling of his conversion, I persecuted this way, Christianity, unto what? The death. Binding and delivering the prisons both men and women. What was the intentions of bringing them into the prisons? Death. How about Paul's patience shortly after his conversion? Acts 13, verses 4 through 11. So they, that's Paul and Barnabas, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Uh, this is when they were in Antioch, and the Holy Ghost had said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for this work. They departed on to Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John to their minister. And so we know that's John Mark there. That's important for later. And when they had gone through the aisle onto Patmos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Mark Jesus, which was the deputy of the count of uh, the country, Sergius Pilius, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O fool of all suddenly, and all mischief, thou child of the devil. Thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, 
and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on, on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. You, now, while I was saying that it's not wrong what he did, because the Lord gave the Lord's the one that blinded uh, Elamus. And when we were studying the book of Acts, and it, I believe it's in the chapter that we've been studying, Acts chapter 15. Okay. In verse 15, verse 12, Then all the multitude kept silence and gave honors to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And our question in our book had said, How did we know that God was with the message? It was through those miracles and wonders. God was with Paul when he blinded Elamus. But he didn't have much patience. And then this is why I say he lacked patience. What nationality was Elamus? He was a Jew. Now, remember the words that Paul spoke in Romans chapter 9, verses 2 through 4? That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Why, Paul? For I could wish that myself was a curse for Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. So who is he talking about? He's talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about his fellow Jews. That's his kinsmen according to the flesh. That's not his, his spiritual family. That's his fleshly family. Who are Israelites? To whom pertained the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law? and the service of God and the promises. Notice what he said. I wish myself could be accursed so that they might be saved. Elamus was a Jew. Elamus fell in that category. But all young Christians are not. Have that patience. Doesn't have the correct zeal. Even when I first learned the truth, I was very zealous. I wanted to teach everybody I could. But I wasn't wise in the way that I did it. I would use the shotgun approach and throw everything at them. Especially things that I knew that they were doing wrong. That was wrong. We were to teach the gospel and let the word do it. Convert them. The power's in the word. It'll make you say things because you do, you are so zealous for God and, and you feel like the things that they say are so false and it makes you say things that you would not say if you had the patience. If you had that self-control of the tongue that we talked about last week. Your intentions are good, but your um, practices are not uh, honed in yet. How about that lack of patience with a fellow Christian? Remember who was with them as their minister? It was John Mark. In Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 39, and if, if I quit derailing class, we'll make it to these verses soon. Um, but in, in Acts 15, verses 36 through 39, And some days after Paul said on the Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. So he was wanting to go back to these very regions that they had already went through and preached the word of God. 
And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Paul didn't have patience. We don't need people that aren't 100% in. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed on the Cyprus. So now Paul's idea was we'll go back. Well, the ones that are going to go back is Barnabas and John Mark. Now we know later in his writings, and I'm not sure if it was, it's when he's in prison, uh, so it's maybe in Timothy, but he says that he only had John Mark to minister to him. Paul, Paul is such a great example. I know we are to be followers of Christ, but Paul says be followers of me, which is a follower of Christ. Paul's example Is, is such a great example to follow his his level of love for the for the for the church his and then how his love is for all mankind there at the end but it came through maturity we can see patience beginning to grow in Acts chapter 13 verse 44 and the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God Paul dealt with the Jews for two Sabbaths. Now, when he was dealing with uh, Elamus, it was one. He was in the, in the synagogue on that Sabbath, and he dealt with him accordingly then. Paul, Paul's dealing with the Jews now for two Sabbaths. In Acts chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and they spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, the Jews. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Remember these statements. They waxed bold. They, they had God's backing. Um, and they're telling them that, lo, we're going to go to the Gentiles after two Sabbath days. In Acts chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. Now this is the chapter we're dealing with. Um, it's before the Philippian jailer. And I lost, I'm trying to think of Lydia. Lydia and her household is at the beginning of chapter 16. It's right before these verses because she asked him, please tarry here a bit longer. Well, this is shortly thereafter. And it came to pass as we went to a prayer... A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. The things that she was speaking were not contrary to what they were there to do. They were serving God, and they were showing them the way to Christianity. How long would Paul allow this evil spirit, and the reason why I say that, because he's going to cast the spirit out of her. 
How long is he going to allow this evil spirit to pester him? Acts chapter 16, verse 18, and this she did many days. doesn't tell us how long, but we know it was more than just a couple. It was for a while. But Paul being grieved, his patience finally ran out. Turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out the same hour. So you can see the growth of Paul and his patience. It wasn't when she first came up and spoke to him and he said, and he cast her out then, because really and truthfully, after he cast her out, that's when the trouble starts coming to Paul. Because of the, the masters are coming after her because they were gaining profit through her soothsaying. It's actually quite wisdom not not doing it at the beginning because it allowed the word of God to be preached more freely. And then we see the patience maturing greatly. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. Now when they had passed through Amphipius and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where it was a synagogue of the Jews. And as Paul, as his manner was, went on to them, how many Sabbaths? Three Sabbaths, they and reason with them out of the scriptures. And so here we know that he's dealing with them uh, from, from more than just two. Earlier we saw it was two. This time he's reasoning with three. Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain name, Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came on to them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for they, by their occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. And so it's not telling us how many Sabbaths, but it says every Sabbath, Paul was there reasoning with the scriptures, persuading the Jews and the Greek. <coughs> Notice what happened. Acts chapter 18, verse 6. And when they opposed himself and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said on them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. The same words that he spoke earlier when he said, You've counted yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we go to the Gentiles. But it was, it took longer to him to get to that point. Is it wrong? No, because we are not to cast the pearls before the swine. But Paul's patience with the opposers is growing. Same results, but he endured their opposition longer. Why? Because he hopes that all men can be saved, even the ones who are opposing him. In Acts chapter 19, verse 8, and he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of what? Three months. Disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. What is he doing? He's reasoning out of the scriptures. But he's not doing this once or twice. No, for three months. Every Sabbath he's there for three months. So he's there for roughly what? Twelve? Twelve days reasoning? And he's still going into the marketplaces through the week and working. What did he do after opposition? 
In Acts chapter 19, verse 9, But when divers were hardened, and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples. He got what? The disciples away from those that were opposing the way, the false teachers. He took them with him. Then he went disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And so now he's not doing it just on the Sabbath. We can see he's doing it day after day after day after day. He's disputing the way. How long did he dispute in the school? Acts chapter 19 verse 10. And this continued by the space of two years daily. I would say the only day that he may not have disputed would have been on the Lord's day. Because he was worshiping God. So that all, why did he do it for two years? So that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. It wasn't, well, I turned to the Gentiles. No, it was Jews and <coughs> Greeks. Acts 28, verse 30 and 31. Now we know this is getting close to Paul's end. He's in imprisonment. Remember, uh, the Lord told him he had to go and be a witness in Rome. Acts 28, verses 30 and 31. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him. Preaching the kingdom of God, teaching and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. He still did it boldly. No man forbidding him. But he took them all in. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul knew what his purpose was. What did Jesus say? He's an earthen vessel. When we go to 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul writing to them, he says that this treasure is in earth and vessel. What treasure? The gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, if I do it because I want to, remember God wants us to do be here because we want to be. That's why we worship him in spirit and truth. The, the spirit part is the willingness, the right attitude. So Paul's saying, if I do this thing with the right attitude, I have a reward. But if I do it against my will, if I do it, as we say oftentimes with the offering, if I do it with grudgingly, a dispensation of the gospel is committed onto me. He's not going to have the reward if he's not wholeheartedly doing it. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Him being an apostle, remember a lot of times he, he, he says, there's things that I could do to you being an apostle, but I choose not to. And then not being in charge, he worked. We just read about him being a tent maker and that he was working. He was providing his own way of life so that they couldn't say, the only reason you're doing this is because you're getting paid to do it. They couldn't hang that back over Paul's head. It, it's so many times in the epistle, I did it, I did it 
with, with clear conscience. I did it. You couldn't say that I was doing it because I was getting something from it. He's already telling you what he's getting from it. He's getting a reward from God. He didn't need the reward of men. He needed the reward of God. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I may gain the more. Remember what the lady was saying. Here's, these are servants of the God showing the way of salvation. But he wants to what? Why was he a servant? Why did he have patience? It's that he might gain the more. Verses 20 through 23, And on the Jews I became as a Jew, that I may gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I may gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law. Now he's not never saying that he became a sinner. As, as, as uh, Ben had told us uh, in his class not too long ago, you find that common ground. Any if, anytime you're gonna you're gonna preach a lesson, you find that common ground. That's what he's doing. He's finding that common ground. If you're a Jew, I got a common ground with you. If you're if you're a Gentile, I got a common ground. It's just a way of breaking that ice. To them that are without the law is without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I may gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save son. He was realistic too. He knew he wasn't going to save everybody. The gospel is decisive or, or divisive. It's going to, it's going to cause, cause a, a split. You're going to believe the truth or you're not. But why do you do it? Verse 23, and this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be a partaker therefore thereof with you. The great patience that Paul, and we can see it in the scriptures, how that, as that uh, very immature baby Christian he was, he didn't have much patience with people. He was, now I'm not saying he was wrong because the, God was with him when he blinded illness. But he got greater and greater patience and he, he saw the greater cause. Yes, he was able to save um, the deputy. But if he would have had a little bit more, more um, patience, he may have been able to save Elimus. Remember what the Bible says when Jesus says, I came not to seek that which is whole. You don't go to a physician. The whale don't go to the physician. It's the sick. Now, Elamus was trying to prevent the gospel from being spread, and so we understand why. But it wasn't with patience. It was instantaneous. It almost fell by. The patience of Paul. Let us all work to strive to gain patience. Um, that's something we can see as, as people get older, they get more patience. More patience. It's maturity. And so we as Christians, we have to have a spiritual maturity and patience so that we may, by all means, save some. If you're not a Christian, we invite you to become one. It starts by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, 17, so that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That faith that is built through the Scriptures that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God.
John 20, verses 30 and 31, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. When you realize through the teachings of Christ, the teachings of the Spirit, that your ways are contrary to God's way, well, then that's where correction comes in. That's repentance. It's a change of mind that produces a change in life. Jesus says, without repentance, we will all perish. Luke 13, 3 and 5, he says, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And then we must confess him before men. It is the confession made on the salvation, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It's the same confession that the Ethiopian eunuch made in Acts chapter 8, verse 37, when he said, Here is water, what this hindereth me from being baptized. And Philip said, If you believe with all of your heart, and he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they both went into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. <clears throat> That's where we're at now is baptism. You allow someone to immerse you in the water to have your sins washed away, as Paul did when Ananias baptized him in Acts 22, 16. And now why tearest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. But then we must live faithful till the end. It's through patience that we can live faithfully to God when we are tempted in life. Revelation 2.10 says that if we're faithful to the end, he will give us that crown of life. If perhaps you have uh, obeyed the gospel and you have not lived faithful, and it may be because of your lack of patience. If you need prayer said on behalf, maybe you've said something in recently that has brought shame upon the church and people know that you're a Christian you said things that are not Christian like if we can help you in that way or we can help you become a Christian if we can help you in either way we ask you to come to the front together we stand and sing this song